0: I want to begin this evening by reading the Christmas story from the book of Luke, chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass as it was told unto them. This passage of Scripture is, of course, a very familiar one to us all. The text is an account. It's an historical record. It gives us a biographical sketch of the birth of Jesus. And here are contained facts that are disputed by some, but the Word of God is ever true because we know that history has proved to us that there was a real historical time that this event took place, and there are events that have, and records that have recorded uh, the truth of what Luke says. Now, prior to Jesus' birth, there was a decree from Caesar that there would be a census registration. And in fact, we know this is true, and it was required of every head of household to return to the place where he was born. And there they would enroll, and they would be counted so that Caesar would know the wealth and the holdings of each family, And by that information, a tax could be levied upon the people. It was Caesar's intent that he would show the supremacy over the world that he had conquered, but Caesar didn't know that he was working right into the hands and into the plans of the mighty sovereign God who had decided that this was the time that his son should come into the world. And so Caesar made his decree. It was God who directed that in order to fulfill prophecy, Caesar could have taken no other action than he took, and yet he thought that he was the one who was in control. But this was God's action, and God's time was just right, and God said that my son will be born, he will become flesh, he will be God incarnate, and I will send him as a light to the world. The apostle Paul, who was a witness of that light, was writing to the Galatian church, and he said to them, but when the fullness of time was come... God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. The Christmas story is fascinating reading, even if you really don't even know the background of the story. This would be a very good story if, and an interesting one if we just stopped right here with these few verses that Luke has given, it, given us, and we might determine that, well, we could just use this as some kind of fairy tale beginning or excuse for the giving of gifts at a particular time of year. But this story is really so much more than just a story about a poor pregnant woman who had difficulty finding a place to give birth to a child. The Christmas story is not complete unless we understand why these events happened. Luke is well capable of explaining all of that to us. And we could stay right here in the book of Luke and we could read all 24 chapters of Luke and we would find out exactly who Jesus is and why he came into the world, all that he was about to do. And so Luke could tell us all of that. But we don't really have time to read all 24 chapters of the book of Luke. So what I'm going to do is take us over to another gospel account where the gospel writer tells us in just a few short verses exactly who Jesus is, who this Christ is, this Christ child is, and why he came. We find this in the book of John, chapter 1, where John writes, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And the Word, of course, refers to Jesus The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. In the next few minutes, I just want to tell you a little bit about Jesus, who is the light of the world. First, I would want to explain to you the reason for the light. The first five verses that I've just read to you in the Gospel of John are foundational building blocks for understanding who Jesus is. John begins with a statement that says that Jesus is God. He declares him to be the creator of the world. And then by virtue of those two very important facts, he logically proceeds to tell us that he is the Savior. Well, if he is the Savior and this is why he came, then we need to know who he's going to save and why they need to be saved. Now, the key to all of this is the statement that John makes in verse five of that first chapter he said and the light shineth in darkness in the bible darkness symbolizes the absence of god the absence of the knowledge of god and a relationship with him and the bible teaches that the extent of the darkness of the world is worldwide it's summed up in this statement there is none that doeth good no not one So not one person who has ever been born into the world is anything in anything other than spiritual darkness. And so that means that there is no person who naturally has a relationship with God. The darkness is so thick that our eyes are blinded by it and we honestly do not seek God. We don't desire a relationship with Him. And that's what the Bible calls being lost. It's the opposite of being saved. And that means to know God. It means to see God. It means to have a relationship with him. Well, the reason that the world needs Jesus, the light, is because of that spiritual darkness. There's not one of us that can see without him. And so God sent him into the world to be a light by which we could see. Jesus is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. And so we can't see God. We can't know God. We can't understand anything about God unless it is through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing that we note about this is the radiance of the light. In the Old Testament, the Scriptures prophesied concerning Christ. Isaiah wrote, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising." So that spiritual darkness envelops the entire earth. No one can see, but there is a light that shines so brightly that it dispels all of that darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so it was necessary that Jesus would appear upon the earth to penetrate that darkness of man's soul. A graphic picture of that is those shepherds that were there on the hillside in Judea. They were there in the darkness of night, and they were tending the sheep, when suddenly the glory of God shone all around them, and the entire area glistened with the light of the radiance of God's glory. And so they were enlightened about something that they didn't know before, something that they could not have known, They weren't seeking knowledge of God. They didn't care that they were out there in the darkness. I mean, they were in darkness every night. It was just like every other night as far as they were concerned. But when God's glory came, the darkness of that night was dispelled. And, of course, that's because light and darkness cannot cohabitate. And it's the same thing when a person sees the light of the gospel of Christ. The darkness, the night that's in man's soul is over. The radiance of the gospel truth shines into us, and the spiritual darkness is taken away, that light dispels that darkness, and that means that we're no longer dead in our trespasses and sin, but we are alive unto God. John expresses it this way, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so when God worked in Caesar to bring about this registration, He sent Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem to give birth to this baby who would be a life-giving light. Isaiah talked about that. He said, The people that walked in darkness have seen great light, and they that dwell in the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. So everything was right there in place. Jesus, the Son of God, came in the flesh. The light was there to radiate into the souls of men and to take their spiritual darkness away. Now, that was prophesied. Isaiah this one I just read to you spoke that 700 years before Christ was born. In the Old Testament, there are many other prophecies concerning Christ, and many of them are much older than the 700 years until the time that Christ should come. And so the Scripture said over and over to those who read them, the light is coming, the light is coming, over and over, and place after place, in century after century, that promise was renewed so that there should have been no person who didn't understand who this light was when he came. But they missed it. They missed the light when Jesus came. When those wise men came from the east to Jerusalem looking for Jesus, there was no buzz in Jerusalem about a king being born. The scripture that we just read said that the shepherds had gone and told everyone that Jesus was born, that a king was here. And yet when the wise men got there, Nobody seemed to know about it because they had to inquire diligently where the child was. And so the scribes and the priests were called and they began to read the Scriptures to find out where this person would be born and they gave the correct answer. They said he'd be born in Bethlehem of Judea. But did you know that there was not one scribe, there was not one of those priests who even cared to walk the seven miles to Bethlehem to see the Christ child? And so there we have it. The reason for the light, it's because men are in darkness. There's the radiance of that light. It's enough to dispel all of our spiritual darkness. But we also see in this story the rejection of the light. Unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. That's good news. God had graciously given his son and he actually gave thousands of years of notice that he would come. The angel said and told Joseph that you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. That is the gospel. That's the light that would come. God incarnate, the light of God coming into the world and yet that light was rejected. This is what John says in that first chapter. He said, the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Why? Why? Why doesn't the darkness see it? Why don't people understand it? Well, John goes on to explain it over in the third chapter in verses 19 and 20. And he says, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. And so there's our answer. Christ was rejected because evil is more attractive to us than righteousness. The darkness is natural for us. Darkness suits us. That's what we like. And that's because the light exposes our heart. It exposes all of our evil intentions. Just go to the bars. Go to nightclubs. Go to the seamier side of town and see if the lights there are not turned down low. And why is it? because men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. And so what the darkness needed most, the darkness didn't want. And so when Christ came, he wasn't received warmly. He wasn't invited in. There was no compassion upon Mary. When she came to that inn and they tried to get a place to stay there, there was no one who gave up a spot so that Mary could come in and that baby could be born in a warm house instead of a cold grotto. And that rejection continued all throughout the life of Jesus. Finally, it resulted in his beating, with people spitting on him, with him being mocked, a crown of thorns placed upon his head and then pressed down into his brow, and then nails driven into his hands and his feet. Maybe tonight we would rather reflect upon that sweet baby that's lying in a manger than to think about a man dying on a cruel Roman cross. But the truth of the matter is the light shined into the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. And there may be some of you here tonight sitting in a dimly lit room, a darkened room, and there has not yet been a ray of light truly that it shined into your heart. Now you may enjoy the warm buzzy feelings of Christmas and you'd rather really not think about the real reason that Jesus came into the world. And so if that's the way that you think, then the Bible teaches that you are right now in rejection of that light and it's because you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior. And so you may leave here tonight with just a pin light rather than having the love of God shed abroad, the love of Jesus Christ shining and shed abroad into your heart. Now, if a preacher of the gospel is content to leave you that way, to leave you in your sins with those warm feelings that you might have that come with a hot Christmas toddy, then he is no preacher of the gospel at all. And that's because the gospel may indeed include the creche, but not without a declaration of the cross. And that's why he came. He came to die on a cross that you might live. Now, I want to change the focus just a little bit as I close this message tonight. Most, if not all of you, have received this light of Christ that I've been talking about. The reason that you've come tonight is because you rejoice in that light. You've received Christ as your Savior, and so you come out to a Christmas Eve candlelight service because it is warm, it is inviting. You feel good about this, and so you're here to celebrate the reason... Uh, uh, of what God's done for us, of Jesus coming to the world, of that light that has shined in, and you're, you're ecstatic, you're happy about that, you've come to celebrate. But let me advise you of this final point of the message, and that is our responsibility to share that light. John said, the light shineth in darkness. And there's a practical lesson in that statement. I mean, the Bible isn't anything if it's not practical, Christ shined into the darkness, and that's exactly where we have to shine. In just a few moments, we'll, we'll stand and, and we'll take candles and we'll sing, Silent Night, Holy Night, and we'll hold those candles up as symbols of Jesus, who is the light of the world. And it's so easy for us to hold that candle here. We can hold it up here reverently. We can sing the song. But the question is, do we have the courage to do what Christ did? Jesus came and he shined into the darkness. And that was difficult. It was very hard. It caused him pain and suffering. And the real question for every one of us here tonight is, do we have the courage to go outside there into the darkness and to let that light of Jesus Christ shine? Now, of course, Jesus is no longer here. He's not here physically. His light does not shine any longer with his physical presence. But that doesn't mean that his light can't shine because the way that it does is through you and through me, those of us who have received this light, who have trusted him and we have a desire to reflect that light. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So will you leave here tonight with the light shining bright? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one who gives life to everyone who believes in his name. So tonight, I'll ask you to hold up your candle because that's exactly why we have Christmas. Jesus is the light of the world. May we pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you tonight. We are thankful for this Christmas season. We're thankful for those who come out who have come tonight who are indeed thankful for the light of Jesus Christ who came into the world. And Lord, may we contemplate this and may we understand very clearly why you came. You came to be a light that shines in darkness and to deliver us from our sins. And I pray that there's any person here tonight who does not understand that, who's not seen that light, that you would shine into their heart and help them to understand the truth of the gospel of Christ, the gospel that saves. And this is the real reason why Jesus came. He came as a baby, but he died on a cross for our sins. Bless us, Lord. Help us to carry our light out there where others can see it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.